You're listening to the Soul Strategies podcast hosted by the team here at Soul Strategies. We hope you like the latest episode and thanks for tuning in. Okay, we're live in five, four, three, two, two. Okay, now we're live. Okay, hello everybody and welcome to episode 22, we think, of the podcast. Today we have a special guest, my Aries brethren, yeah. Jeremy. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's let Jeremy introduce himself and then we're going to get into the details of what we're talking about today. Sounds great. So my name is Jeremy Hogawaita. Uh, it is as horrible of a last name to spell as it is to pronounce. Um, <laughs> um, I am the director of PR with uh, Soul Strategies. Um, so, you know, it was really hard to, to get myself on this podcast. I had to really beg and cry and scream. I was like, please <laughs> let me on, on your podcast. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited to to talk today about uh, our topic. As soon as Amani told me, I was like, "Let please let me let me come in and jump on this train." Uh, what I'm so glad about? you wanted to. Good. Okay, guys. So the exciting topic that we're talking about today is how the right wing in our country has been taken over by extremists. So as you all may or may not know, there are several things going on right now. We just got a new president. The Senate is about to start the impeachment trial of Donald Trump. And we have an we've had an insurrection about a month ago. And then we have Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is getting a lot of attention because of her crazy conspiracy theories and calls for murder of her colleagues. So it's just a lot going on right now. And mm -hmm. I just wanted us Bobert. to take it to And Lauren Boebert too, like Marjorie Greene Taylor and Lauren Boebert are both very like, it's really funny to look at Lauren. I, I don't look at uh, Taylor's like Twitter, but Lauren mm -hmm. Roberts is really funny because she's very clearly trying to go for like the right wing version of like AOC or something like she'll it's yeah yeah if you look at her tweets it's very like you know it's trying to be very like gotcha Democrats but it's just like ridiculous. And there's no such so let's let's stop that now there's no such thing as a right wing AOC like. No. That was one thing I wanted to bring up. And one of my questions was, can you help me identify a positive policy position from the right wing? Because I feel like there are no longer like a battle of ideas to progress the nation forward. There's one side that's willing to progress the nation forward. And then there's just another side that wants to take us back to 1962. Like that's really it. Yeah. I mean, you know, trying to be charitable, like I could try and say like, okay, like, the concept of small government, you know, the concept of lowered taxes, like, it, it's not that I necessarily agree with all these things, but I could at least like, like, there are paper things where you're supposed to be like, oh, yes, like, I understand your perspective. But they're all just like, tools, you know, in that party to keep the rich rich and keep the poor poor and all that stuff. It's true. And it's like when those people, because I feel like in this past election, even, I don't even think they were trying to pretend to have any ideas 
this time like it just sounded like a bunch of nonsense like they're not even pretending to be like you know you want your government out of your house or you want your taxes lower like i feel like they've been clear with their evil agenda and people are just like i'm rocking oh yeah like (laughs) yeah no completely though that that one of the major things that i i didn't even think about until like kind of towards actually the end of the election Mm -hmm. Uh, i forget where i heard this but someone had just kind of been like yeah what even is like donald trump's second term like platform like what even is it it's like oh yeah like they they didn't need to release one there's no such thing literally they didn't run on any policy but that was my next question like so in the impeachment trial donald trump was having like a really hard time finding lawyers to represent him right and he at first had hired some bush era republican lawyers to represent him but this past week a bunch of them quit because of like (laughs) the nonsense that he was trying to accomplish you know and using them to do it so i feel like a lot of quote-unquote old school Republicans are now trying to draw the line between what they believe conservatism is and then what the Trump era has brought as conservatism. Do you think that they have a fighting chance or you think that's done? I So I don't necessarily think that they're trying so much to draw a line so much as I think that they are, you, you know, it's about covering their bases and it's about figuring out when is it safe to like like when is it more profitable to side with the trump side when is it like less i think that they've you know for a long time i mean even like like look at all the quotes from like you know lindsey graham or ted cruz you know tracking on trump back before he was elected you know it's like they know what he is they just don't care they Um, don't no so so in terms of like you know do i think that the Republicans are going to try and, you know, draw the line now. I I think it's just like, like, okay, so like the impeachment trial, Mm -hmm. we know it's not going to go anywhere. (laughs) Right. It's dead in the water. Because yeah, because 45 Republicans have already signaled um, that they're, that they find the whole thing unconstitutional. Yeah. Uh, The reason why I think they do that, this is like my kind of, not even tinfoil hat theory. I just think it's, (laughs) um, is that, um, so there was like a rumor kind of floating around, uh, mm-hmm. up until that vote on the un- unconstitutionality that Trump was going to try and start his own like MAGA party. Um, you know, so like, remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then it literally, um, like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that it was like a few hours before that unconstitutional vote happened. Mm-hmm. Um, his like policy advisor was like, oh yeah, like, no, that's, that's not actually his plan. He's not going to do that. So it just seems very lined up to me that like, all right, he announces that he's not going to splinter off into a third Mm -hmm. party. Hey, you're listening to the Soul Strategies podcast. Take a moment to listen to some of our esteemed champions and their takeaways from the program. Uh, It was very important for me to manage uh, time. And the program, again, helped with the discipline of time and helping with the management of time so that... um, so that you can actually structure yourself to do that what you desire uh, uh, for your races. For more information, head over to soulstrategies.com now. Republicans Because they up. know that the Republican base was going to follow. And that was my next Wait, point. Yeah. Like the 
the the Republican leadership may be quote unquote trying to decipher when they're going to use Trumpism to like help their agenda, but it seems like the entire Republican base in the country like is down with Trump. Like ninety percent of them voted to reelect him, and that's their base. That's who they have to cater to, that, and it's that. just the party has gone off the hinges. Like their voters want this level of extremism is what they want. Well, that's, that's what I'm curious about, you know, especially cause like you're like, you're in Texas, like you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're so much more connected to like these people. Um, I? Like, I mean, you're, you're I mean, like, I'm in Portland, Oregon, you know, like, yeah, like yeah. we're, we're Antifa capital of the world. Quote yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I've, I've heard some arguments that a lot of the people who voted for Trump this time around more so just for whatever reason genuinely believed that he was going to like prioritize reopening the economy sooner and that so that made him like the pick i i'm not really charitable towards any of those narratives but yeah i was curious what you thought i just want us to and this just leads us to another point like use your common sense like (laughs) come on guys we have to learn and, okay, so there's a certain demographic like that doesn't want to be educated, right? Like they don't want to know the truth. They don't want to be able to step outside of their bias and like see the world for what it is. And that's what really scares me. And that's why I feel like that party is is done for. Like as far as any type of sanity is concerned because the propaganda that Trump was able to spew over those four years, like the damage that he did to just the nation's minds as a whole is what's scary because he will literally feed them s-h-i-t and call it sugar you know what i mean like and they're cool with it and they're eating it and they're like he says it's sugar so it's sugar but it's like no like let's think for ourselves i feel like a lot of their base ability to think for themselves has been taken away from them and then they don't even think so like they think they're the free thinkers or whatever but it's like you're not making sense like we're not using logic anymore yeah i mean i think like i try to have some you know empathy and i recognize like you kind of have to be in a you know in a place to be able to even have that yeah um, but you know i i try and like rem- you know just like the fact that it's like these people have been slammed with fox news for like mm-hmm. decades you know, mm-hmm. it's, also, it's also everybody like so many people forget that you know under the bush years it was not that different from trump like it was pretty was yeah it was mm-hmm. pretty similar like they they were all still very you know like you know headstrong and ready for for bush i remember did, did you ever have you ever seen um the documentary uh i think it's called like jesus camp come out like forever. <laughs> it's no. so good it's so good they like follow these very like ultra conservative like evangelical churches down like south and in the areas and there's this one uh clip early on where this where this uh christian mom who's like you know the the head of a youth you know chapter or something like that Mm -hmm. she talks about how like oh like in the middle east they train their kids for al-qaeda like they give them ak-47s like we have to do similar things here like we have to get our kids ready for for war essentially um and it's just like so it's a machine that starts so early on that by the time you get to to being a trump person you know it's like i mean i've you know i've read stories about people who are you know they're literally dying in the hospital from covid and they're still like yeah. hoax right and that's what i'm saying like 
is it is it our i'm trying to see like what makes certain people susceptible to that kind of propaganda you know what i'm saying like yeah. you me and other people can like watch stuff and see clearly that it's nonsense what makes certain people hear nonsense and be like that makes sense i mean, it's, you're right. I mean it's absolutely like in access to education you know like i think so too yeah and, and like proper education because you could like mm -hmm. you could like we have to recognize that like a high school diploma mm -hmm. is not the same in every region. Like you're going to have right. where, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of like examples where they, there, I, know, I remember there was like one Southern textbook that like mm -hmm. full on talked about, like uh, it talked about like, like slavery and how there was like a day that was like a barbecue. And it was like, Oh, the masters and slaves would hang out and have a barbecue before going <laughs> to work. Yeah. like It's true. And that's like, I feel like that's the district that I work, that I work in. So, you know, I, uh, always have to go to this place called Gainesville, Texas, which is they have a store called Trump USA. Okay, I have to pass by the store every day with flags and everything. And it's a tier one school, which means it's like a really underfunded um, district or whatever. And I feel like that it, it all plays a part. Like that's probably why the racism is so heavy out there or that type of, you know, they fell into that type of thinking because it's such an underfunded district. It could go hand in hand, you know? Yeah. What, yeah, what do you, like, what do you see in, in like, the school system down there? <laughs> like, you just see your eyes widening. Jeremy, it is so much, like, I, I literally, I can't even explain it to you, but you can just feel, like, the hatred. <laughs> like, you just drive out there and you can just feel, like, the shift in energy you know? And mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. It's just because it's just a small, it's a really small town, you know, and those are the type of towns that are neglected, you know, when they're doing their fun. But it's not even that. It's just our education system as a whole, because I worked in Dallas ISD too, and it was, it was the same thing. So I feel like the really rural areas and the urban districts are the ones that get the, le the least amount of funding. And then, you know, the ones in the middle are the ones that get catered to more. My cat wants yeah. to be part of his life so bad. It's one of those giant things where it's like, this should be, like, we should be revolting until this is changed. Like, like the mm -hmm. fact that we're just okay with the fact of like, hey, kid, you grew up in a poor household. So mm -hmm. uh, that means that the school you go to is also poorer because, right. like, that's just a direct message of like, you don't deserve like a better life. Like, you don't deserve better education. Like, you're poor. But that just shows like the system is like working the way it was built to work because oh, yeah. we need those people to fight alongside us to push for changes in the education system. But they believe this propaganda. So it's just like they're always voting against their own best interest. And yeah. that's why I was saying like, you know, the phrase like the lunatics are running the so asylum or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much what's happening like in the U.S. government. Like the fact that Marjorie Taylor Greene, she won her seat like easily like she, she yeah she beat uh, an incumbent a democratic incumbent who like held the seat for years and as soon as she got her crazy behind up there she won it by like so many votes like this is who the people wanted and that leads me to another question i want to get your opinion because you know a lot of people are calling for her to be expelled from uh Congress because right, right. she wanted to like behead Nancy Pelosi and hang Barack Obama and oh yeah she thought that a Jewish space laser was what yeah. was causing the fire for it. Like, she's insane. She's absolutely insane. But some people were making the case that, well, just because we think she's insane, it doesn't give her the right to be expelled because she was voted in. Where do you stand on the issue? Do you feel like she's a danger or people like that who 
call for the death of their colleagues? Should they be impeached or should they get to stay because they were voted in? Yeah, I mean, there should definitely be, I think, I, I mean, we need, for, for one thing, we need ranked choice voting across the country because like, mm-hmm. you know, do, do I think that most, like, I, I'm trying not to be too, too charitable, yeah. but at the same time, do I think that most conservatives would like openly be pre- like preferential to a candidate who, you know, thinks that the California wildfires were started by a <laughs> Jewish space laser, uh, which by the way is going to be my new punk band name. <laughs> we it. are Jewish space laser. What? <laughs> um, but, you know, like, yeah, no, I, I, I think that absolutely like there needs to be like, you know, processes and, 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 you know, if you have people that are openly espousing you know and that's what it is like it's openly openly espousing like sedition it's openly espousing like for you know the you know the the murder or at least the the disarmament of you know people in government like you can't do that like why like the and these people should be held to a higher standard like imagine if at your work you were like hey hey by the way uh principal of this school i think you should be beheaded like it would no i wouldn't be allowed and that's no. really that's really what this stuff is like been taking such a toll on me because like i'm seeing all of this crazy stuff happening and like nobody mm-hmm. is getting reprimanded for anything and i'm like is this how is this allowed like how were these people allowed to just storm this capital because i'm gonna say it loud because literally police officers were like opening the gates and was like come mm-hmm. on in guys and i'm like yeah, give us your tickets here we go but nobody seems it's like on the right wing they're trying to make us feel as if it's like not a big deal or they're trying to continue to morph reality and say well those weren't trump supporters storming the capitol those were antifa and blm and i'm just like where i feel like i'm in the twilight zone like i truly truly feel like i'm in the twilight zone like y'all are not making sense but you have and I blame the media too because we don't we don't have enough people getting on air and just telling it like it is. Like they're so focused on trying to be fair and balanced when unfortunately there's a truth that needs to be told. Somebody needs to say that this is completely unacceptable and there's no flip side of that coin. Like it's just not allowed. But we're not having that either. Yeah, I mean, it's it, there's so much wrong with it. And it's like, it's again, it's, it's a lot of things where it's like, it builds up so much over the years mm-hmm. that once it moves from like the back end to the front end, that's when it gets so much attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we, we find like an insurrection to be completely like insane and, and out of this world. Right. You know, and like the twilight zone, but at the same time, I mean, you know, not to like try and contextualize it, you know, overly, but, mm-hmm. but we also like launched, you know, two wars in the middle East over things that were completely unproven. Like, True. like and they got so much support. Like even today, there's plenty of people that are just like, yeah, that we had very good reason to be in, in, in Iraq and Afghanistan. <laughs> it's like, no, right. no, we never justified that. Um, you know, you, you can trace it back like forever. Um, one of the things yeah. that I find super interesting, especially in like the foundational stuff mm-hmm. um, is like the foundation of QAnon and the foundation. Yeah. of like. Did you watch the Vice? You know, they're having a three-part I series. I did. I saw the first part is yeah I'm waiting on the next parts and I, I've been like I've already been like listening to like the podcast and I've been like oh god I'm not trying to be like a hipster about QAnon but I've been like watching it for a while being like okay this is gonna 
This is going to keep going horribly. Yes. Okay. So not to be dramatic, but this is a real question. I don't think you can be dramatic on this. (laughs) Do you, in all honesty, do you think that we have a chance for for this movement, QAnon, Trumpism, all of that, do you think there's a chance that this dies down? Or is this something that's gonna become like a fixture in American politics for decades to come? Like, do you see quote unquote sensible Republicans taking back their party? Or do you think that the party has moved so far to the right and so have their voters that this is just what it is now? That is a really good question. I think that we're actually going to hit the worst of both options. Like to be, to be completely honest and like kind of pessimistic, I think we're yeah. going to see both because like Trump, the figurehead is going mm-hmm. to hang on for as much life as he can. Okay. But the thing that we're going to really see after his era or, or after his like, g- like legitimate run, mm-hmm. uh, we're going to see figures like Don Trump Jr. Or Eric Trump or Ivanka Trump or... Uh, Jared Kushner or, or, or any of these other, you know, very like right wing mm-hmm. figureheads that are going to try and take the mantle after he can no longer do it. And, you know, they're going to be the type of people who know how to wield that power a lot smarter mm-hmm. because that is the, that is the, the major, like Trump could have won the election so easily. He if could he, have. If he had played his cards right, like, like literally if he had just done <laughs> a little bit or not if he had if he had done a little bit of COVID stuff yeah a little yeah. bit of COVID stuff mm-hmm. if he had done a little bit of COVID stuff if he did something like uh, th- this is gonna sound like kind of a weird <laughs> one but if he had just like legalized pot like federally that, that's true you're, yeah, like, you're not lying like I, not lying. I, the southern people who are like been turning up their noses at everything they're not gonna leave him yeah. for that yeah everyone else is going to be like oh hey this is a great economy booster Mm -hmm. and oh hey it's him doing something that's like against the the quote-unquote swamp Mm -hmm. like he just he just had to do one or two little kind of good faith things and and it would have been it would have been a slam dunk and i think the difference because i'm just been i've been paying attention closely to joe biden's first few days and it just seems like he's just undoing terror like undoing this undoing this undoing this and i feel like if trump had just did like you said two or three things positive which were always my other point they don't be doing nothing positive like will it kill you to do something kind like god forbid you help somebody when you're in government if 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 mitch mcconnell gave like the dollar to someone if I think if Mitch McConnell were to give like a dollar to someone on the street, like he would spontaneously Yeah, he would just start to like melt down onto the sidewalk. Like, <laughs> I think the people, the people around him would like take him to a doctor. They'd be like, "Yeah, he has a brain tumor. Like, he just helped someone." Literally, and that's how they act. That's what frustrates me so much. And that's also what frustrates me about the Democrats. Like, y'all be having a wide open slam dunk. In the past four years, in the past, let's keep it a buck, since the 1970s, Republicans have not done a positive forward moving thing in this country in like 50 years. So when y'all get power, come in here and like do something with it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of any like broad stroke stuff, but I, you know, maybe I'm missing something, but it's just, yeah, Reagan really did a number on us. And, you know, there has been nothing since. But 
yeah, no, this this QAnon stuff has been like building up for so long, and the, like that's the thing, it, it's been building up since like so. So one of the things that I've said a, a bunch uh, before mm-hmm. is that you know Joe Biden is now, in my opinion, the second president to be in a row to mm-hmm. be a reaction to Obama's presidency mm-hmm. because you know you had Trump who was a direct reaction of like. I mean, let's be honest, a lot of these people were obviously like, oh shit, we have a black president. We're not happy about that. You know, we're, we're going to be mad about it over here, but come four years later, we're going to, you know, we're, yeah. we're throwing that pendulum back the other way. Facts. Yeah. And then Joe Biden was obviously very like a, hey, remember how much we liked Obama mm-hmm. and Joe Biden? Let's, let's get back to that, that nice, you know, politically not super cognizant mm-hmm. era where you can just go hang out and be calm. That's what they want. And like, I understand because I was I, I was furious when he won the nomination. I'm not going to lie to you. Of course. I went on a very curse word filled rant on my Instagram story and I was just very upset. Damn near in tears. I was furious. OK, but I can say I'll give a little nod. I understand why people want to be able to, like, take their hands off the wheel and just like exist because politics has become so it's like hostile meaning yeah yeah and it's like you you're not you can't be ignorant to what's going on at this point like it's so in your face such major things have been happening back to back to back that it, it's like a constant state of stress so i understand people being like oh if we pick joe we can just we can relax you know we can sleep at the wheel. The wheel. yeah right but in real life we got a whole revolution boiling on the other side that we we can't just pretend isn't happening. And that's what I don't want the Democrats to do. Like, I don't want them to get on here like, yes, unity. Yes, I get it. But at the same time, let's not pretend that there is 48 to 50 percent of the country that just will never agree with you. No matter how easy you make their lives, no matter what you do, they just will not agree. And instead of spending time trying to win over those people, let's pass policies that just overall help the country. Like, let's just stop trying to win over souls. You won't win. Well, and I think that that's how we do win over those crowd is like, they're, they're mm-hmm. so partisan because like, like I try to empathize with it on, on, on this certain level of like the fact mm-hmm. of like, like when you say like, okay, we want, you know, Medicare for all is something right. That um and you know if you're if you're a downtrodden republican you know who who you know in your worldview mm-hmm. sees that as meaning that you know the cost of your insurance is going to go up even right though, and that's a huge like disinformation campaign that needs to be like you know stomped out is that medicare mm-hmm. for all won't make your insurance go up it'll it'll right. very very likely make it go go way down mm-hmm. um you know but they, they see it as that negative and they also see it as like higher taxes. So it's like convincing them. It's like, no, 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 we, we have this giant military budget. That we can, <laughs> We're going to take something from it. We can take, you know, um, fun, fun fact that I read uh, is that we could with, with the, with the yearly United States military budget, <laughs> um, I, I'm pretty sure that normally like year to year, we would have enough to solve world hunger and still be the largest military budget in the world. I need to double check my numbers. Yeah, I need to double check my, my numbers on, on like what the difference was, but I remember being like, this one's way higher than, than this one. Um, so I think it's like 30 billion a year. So oh, much money. And that's why it's like, we need, and we need more people to just say it flat out like that because it's really hard to argue it 
when you say it like that. And people need to realize, like, bro, what do we need the military for $30 billion a year? We're not even yeah, at oh, war. No, that, that, that's for world hunger. For for the military budget, it's way higher. Which, yes, trillions. Yeah. Which, uh, which uh, I'm trying to remember what, what the yearly budget is. I, I don't want to misquote on. But I, I know, yeah, I know it's really high. But um, yeah, it's and the saddest part is, like, we have this inflated military budget, but it's like we're not even taking care of our veterans. So, like, what's the point? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't understand any of this. And that's what's scary to me. That's the part that bothers me the most is that I'm to the point where I'm looking at everything and just nothing makes sense. And but we have so many people in government who joined for the wrong reasons. I'm going to write us an article about this, about people who run for power versus people who run for the people. Because it's so many people that literally join government and have no intentions on listening to constituents, passing any laws for their district or for their the, uh, the state that they're representing. Like they're not going into it like, hmm, I'm trying to run for one of be one of the senators for uh, Virginia. How can I make Virginia better? Like that's not their yeah. thought at all. Well, their thought that. is no. I'm trying to get money. I'm trying to get my friends money. I'm trying to get power. And then I'm trying to secure me a seat. So I can, as a lobbyist, so I can get more money in the future. And that's a sad thing because you have people in government who are not helping the government function as it should. Like the purpose of the government is to, you know, obviously put rules and laws into place, but to take care of its people. Like that's what the government is here for. If it was every man for himself, then we would be in an anarchist society. And that's not what we are, you know? So when you have a government filled with people who are just greedy, we ain't got no regulations on how much money you can take and all of that, then things like this military budget big enough to solve world hunger exists when it makes no sense that, that it should be like that. I wish to be, yeah, if we were anarchists, that would be a lot. That would be better. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I mean, it's all just like, you know, totally wild. What What worries me, to kind of go back to like QAnon and stuff what really worries me about them mm -hmm. you know it, it's kind of like the similar thing with like you know like like what like there's the big boom and then what's the like radiation that falls out afterwards right so, you know comparing that to like say again like George Bush like you have kind of the big boom mm -hmm. of like this very like specific evangelical conservatism mm -hmm. where you know George Bush was appointed by God you know God bless the United States and George Bush, you know, like all, all this very like religious rhetoric mm -hmm. that, you know, didn't necessarily maintain to Trump because, you know, that he's just, he's, he's very <laughs> secular. He, he does not go to church. Um, you know, I, I love, I don't know if you've seen the clip where someone asks him, like a pastor asks him. Yeah. What's your favorite? favorite? Yo, your favorite Bible verses? And he's just like, oh, I, I really like the, uh, the one with Jesus. Yeah. He was like, what's your favorite book? And he was like, all of them. Um, yeah, he's like, he's like, you're all great. Like, I, I can't pick a favorite. Don't, don't. The have man was sick. Um, but you know, kind of, kind of, yeah. Like, so, like, you know, the big boom of like Bush's like evangelical conservatism, but the radiation of that mm -hmm. that has like stuck through Republicanism is like, you know, this real cult of personality that goes mm -hmm. beyond anything we've seen before. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like beyond, you know, like Reagan was like popular and really well liked, but he wasn't. Right you know but i mean like i i don't know that it was as fanatic as it is you know now i wasn't really there um mm -hmm. but anyway so what worries me about QAnon is is kind of i guess the question of like okay we have like this huge explosion 
of, you know, kind of right-wing extremism that is very, you know, just, just absolutely bonkers. Like, when you look at what their actual theories are, and it's, like, gotten to the point where, you know, it's even in Congress at this point, but, like, yeah. if that, like, if that settles down, what's the fallout? Like, is the fallout going to be you know, something where more people are kind of thinking like, you know, oh, like the, like the Democratic Party, okay, maybe they're not, you know, demonic pedophiles, but maybe there is something <laughs> sketchy going on over there, which is already like something that we've kind of, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole grab bag of, you know, people pointing fingers. At, yeah, well, pointing fingers at the, at people for doing what they themselves are doing. You know, like mm-hmm. like like republicans calling you know anybody corrupt is you know it's like the pot calling the kettle black like yep. and it's crazy like okay so one of the big QAnon theories is the whole pedophiles and like drinking baby blood to get high and all that stuff and yeah. One and they claim that Trump was sent here by Jesus or something to like disrupt this whole pedophilic ring and expose everything and arrest everybody. Like that's their theory. Trump's lawyer, the one who just quit, but one of Trump's lawyer was the lawyer of guess who? Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, I mean they were friends, so you know. But 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 again, to QAnon, they're not connecting those dots. Oh, this is y'all savior. We know for a fact that Epstein was an absolute pedophile, but your pedophile savior is working with his lawyer. Like, why does that still make sense to you? Pedophile savior. That's going to be our first album. So the, the punk band name is Jewish Space Labor. Laser. Yeah, for, it'll be our first album name. Um, I'm scared. It, it's it's honestly so freaky and and yeah everything with you know it, it is kind of crazy how you know a lot of QAnon has latched onto like you see Epstein's name pop up like a lot actually yeah. in circles um I think for them it's just that like you know and and that's another thing that I feel like it just kind of happened under all this crazy news that we haven't really processed the fact that it's like yeah like we had this billionaire who was you know legitimately like doing all of these absolutely heinous horrible things with very Mm -hmm. high connected people that he was likely doing them with Mm -hmm. um and that's something to be you know heavily investigated but it's like you know it's it's very much like a a sort of mccarthyism for the QAnon people to sort of just be like okay we can we can utilize this to just target justify Mm -hmm. whoever fits our narrative you know regardless of whether there's actually any evidence corroborating it and they brought that up in the documentary they're like listen everybody hates pedophiles like none of us <laughs> you know yeah. we were the pedophiles were like of course there are real advocacy groups and activists who fight things like that exactly like we all super yeah. anti-pedophile around here but like yeah. why can't you apply that strong sense of anti-pedophile activism to like actual causes yeah that's what it is it's like it's like why why not go work at like like go volunteer at a nonprofit with like actually helping children being sex trafficked like we can <laughs> you can do that like you can but they pretend like that's not an option no it's, it's gotta <laughs> be pizza, it's gotta be pizza parlors holding you know children in a basement that doesn't exist like it's gotta be it's gotta be this like overly dramatic mm-hmm. just ridiculous situation because like reality is more boring you know basically 
And there's this quote from Charlemagne the God randomly. And he always says, nobody cares about the truth when the lie is more and it's entertaining. Mm -hmm. And that is the fact. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like why, like you said, why not just work for a real act advocacy group when you can pretend like there's a pizza parlor in New York that has kids in the dungeon. Like that's more exciting. But yeah. Okay. Final question. Final question. Okay. Do, where do you see the Democratic Party going in this? Do you see them taking the route that I believe we should take, which is electing more progressives to combat the extreme right wing um, politicians that are looking to run? Or do you think the Democratic establishment is going to try to, which I fear they're going to try to do, because that's what they're going to try to do, but I hope I'm wrong. Um, do you think they're going to try to move the party more to the right to win over some of those Trump Republicans? So to answer this question, I'm going to tie it into the most annoying article I've read in forever. Okay. Because um, it's about, you know, like I live in Portland. I was here during the, the, the summer of Antifa or whatever you want to mm -hmm. call it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> uh, last week, I, I don't know if you saw, but there was this article by Forbes um, that talked about how Portland is going to be like the new city to die because of all, because they're basically saying like, oh, businesses aren't like big businesses aren't going to want to keep developing in Portland. They're going to want to pull out uh, because of all the, you know, the, the violence and all that. This was how dramatic crybaby whiny this <laughs> article was. Like, I want to, like, I don't really use Twitter, but I want to like actually <laughs> start using mine so I can bully the author of this article. You should. Bully I, should. I should bully him because- mm -hmm. He literally compares Portland to Pompeii. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. So to tie that around, I, I think that that's really relevant because like, I do think that those are like the tactics that we're going to be seeing from a lot of like centrist Democrats in, in the mm -hmm. sense of kind of being like, you know, hey, look, like we understand you have concerns here. You know, we understand you don't like all the awful you know violence against these these minority groups we, we understand that you want you know equality for all but you know how we go about it you know so i think they are definitely going to try and pull us maybe not further right i think that they know that they have to make some affordances and joe biden has actually been doing okay so he's far. been doing you know what and i and i i will tip my hat to joe I'm biden giving credit. yeah he's, he's because been he's been doing a lot more yeah, yeah me too i've been quite proud but yeah, same. Like I was like, especially the private prison one. I was like, I did not. See that yeah, I was like, I did not see that coming. Mm -hmm. I okay, let's keep this going for four years at least. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I, I I think that, but but overall, I think that that's what we're gonna get. I think that we're gonna get some surprising affordances from the party because they know that they still have to invigorate progressives to vote for them. Mm -hmm. um, but at, you know, like like I would hope that they would have learned their mistake in the sense of like you know, if you give us literally nothing, then people just aren't going to turn out to vote. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, do I think like, like I think fundamentally when it comes to like the systemic issues, I, I do think that they're still going to ultimately kind of be like, whoa, now <laughs> settle, settle them horses. Right. Yeah, well, I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I don't know. So prior to seeing Joe Biden, his first few days, I had zero hope for the man. I did not think we were going to do anything positive. I, I don't know what I thought he was going to do, but I didn't think that he would be making any of the strides that he's making. But now, 
seeing how he's been doing and Kamala like they've been they've been surprising me like they went to Joe Manchin's hometown and like we're doing interviews talking about how this guy here the one holding up y'all checks like that was bold of them I didn't even see that yeah Kamala Harris went to West Virginia and was doing local news station interviews and talked about yeah we want to give Virginians their check but Joe Manchin won't let us that's actually amazing that's amazing you know so I support this so if they keep doing stuff like that and they don't let the pressure because that's the problem that's the problem slash the strength of the Republican Party is they don't care if they empower or not they're gonna pretend like they are and they're gonna bully you to death so as long as they don't cave to like their bullying and as long as they stay strong and just keep making those you know those forward-thinking actions then there may be hope yeah there may be hope no, it, it, exactly. As, lo- as long as we're kind of like, we just have to get past that point of like, look, they've never acted in good faith. They're not going to start now. Yeah. Like, never. They're going to, yeah, they're going to be like, they're, they're going to do every awful corrupt thing they can do while they're in power. And then once they're mm-hmm. out of power, they're going to be like, oh, you're not doing, you know, you're not being as nice to us now. And it's like, no, <laughs> not. Um, no, maybe we shouldn't. We yeah. Should be. Yeah. Cause, cause yeah, no, I, I agree. Like, I don't want to just come across as like the, the angry you know like like yeah joe biden has like Mm -hmm. i'm I'm tentatively it's all tentative but i'm right like i'm kind of wait like i'm almost kind of waiting for like (laughs) yeah for the other shoe to drop for them to be like all right we did this now uh you know here's you know something sliding under the rug but um Mm -hmm. yeah we'll we'll see how it goes but so far the course is doing a little better so far so good two two points for joe biden two whole points yeah can't go to sleep but yeah okay okay well jeremy i knew this conversation was going to be awesome and it was it was you're like my favorite (laughs) my favorite yes gang 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 well thank you guys for tuning in um catch us next week on our episode um i think we're going to interview somebody but we don't know yet who someone will be getting interviewed but okay jeremy i will see you later thank you guys for tuning in later all right bye